Hello and welcome to episode number 92, Armin Show Podcast, straight to it. You know I don't even do an intro or prep. That's one of the concerns of the show. You want to keep it actual. Too much prep seems non-actual. This one is on chapters 8 through 12 of The Elephant in the Brain. Great book. You know I enjoy books as I get more into them, but I have to examine them first. I have to give them a chance. Uh, to see which ones I fit with. I don't fit with most books, so I don't start them. But once I go, I go. And in this case, I really went. So uh, this is on chapters 8 through 12. There's less uh, light cough, not even cough illness in my voice, I think. I'm not sure. But it should be cleared out by tomorrow, but pretty good today. And it's January 31st, 2018, last day of January. Just like that, boom, we've gone through a month. And we are on episode 92. That is some nifty stuff. Next time I'll be talking to you after this one is going to be February. How quick? How quickly? It's something else. You can get a lot done. Short period of time. You blink and boom. My existence will be a blink as well. So now on to the book content. It is something else. Wonderful stuff. Let me go through the chapters. So chapter 8 is on laughter. Why do we laugh? It's not just to, I don't know, whatever people would explain it as. Something was funny. Why was it funny, though? I've looked at this many a time. It represents uh, multiple things. There's a biology to it. There's a social purpose to it. We do it. It's like a social regulation between people representing the person's status relative to the other person. Uh, The tension. Sometimes it can be done to release tension within based on I don't know, maybe fear, maybe worry, nervousness. There are res- We do these responses, but we don't talk about them. It's underneath what people do. But I always look at it, because you know me, I look directly at life as it is and bypass the made-up layer, the cover layer, whatever that is. So a lot of laughter is about normal. How we break rules, uh, pushing against the boundaries of rules. And then uh, when you get close to a boundary, it creates a little bit of tension. People laugh. It tells people what we take seriously, what we don't take seriously. Sometimes you are laughing at the person or the concept. Or you're laughing out of nervousness. So there's different. You have to assess what kind of laughter you're dealing with. But it is a response One part of this chapter that was cool was laughter is very automatic. And frankly, by looking at it, you can tell who thinks what about who. Because it it happens so automatically, it's your subconscious rolling. And that is very informative. It is worth examining. Who looks at who when they laugh? Who laughs at what? How do they laugh? It says a lot about how they view people. Yeah, interesting stuff. I see these things. I've thought about these concepts, but it's worth mentioning. I almost never laugh at public comedy or in... I don't really laugh much because uh, I don't fit most of these characteristics. I don't uh, get nervous or tense because that would never happen based on the other person. Also, I will laugh sometimes to... uh, for, for other people. Yeah. 
Uh, I will have four of them to uh, make their time better. But not so much on my own. Because I'm good. I'm pretty good. And you can also do it to mock people, but why would I do that? I make comments about society. It may come across as mocking, but I'm not laughing at the person. I'm working on the principle. So trying to clear that principle, get it get it through. So that was a laughing chapter. Tur on to the next one. Conversation. So conversation has a lot of purposes to it. Did it pause? Oh, I did a pause. We'll see what happened there. So the purposes of conversation, it can... A lot of times people are doing it for their own... They want to talk. They want to say things. When most of the advantage is in the listening, getting information. When you converse with people, you are checking their skills, value, and what they can bring to the table. And you're trying to represent yourself well about your value and skills and what you can bring to the table. So they want to work with you. Yeah. Um, Also, some things about conversation. Well, most of it is hidden underneath. Usually we use conversation to lead people in some direction. There's a purpose to it. Listening would be the best way for you to gain a lot of value through conversation. You might have this jumping thought, I want to talk, talk, talk. But when you do that, you're handing out, you're not getting information. And you're just taking up the other person's time and attention. So if people did conversation more beneficially, it would involve listening or pauses of some form. Yes. A lot of conversation is about prestige. When you share information, same thing as researchers sharing information, they're trying to build their prestige and how they are viewed by people. So it is covered up maybe with, I did this study or look at this information. But underneath that is, I am a person who knows information or I am good at research or I find out things. That's the underneath layer, the subtext. And then there's the text that you see. The subtext is not generally shared. I do it because that's classic. And it's enjoyable to cut out the middleman. But generally, it's avoided by the populace. And we stick to text as people. That is conversation. It's mostly about how can I represent myself well. Next one, a lot of these are, by the way. It's very self-oriented. Consumption, chapter 10. Consumption is to signal often. Not the consumption that's for stuff you use personally, but the kind that is visible, conspicuous consumption, is to show, look, I am a green car buyer. I, I buy this kind of whatever. I this. This is what I represent, which is a good thing. I am of the good crew. Uh, or else you would just buy it on your own. People buy lower status representation stuff when it's on their own and higher when they're around people or able to show people because that's the point of it. 
to show off. Look at this. Look at this. A lot of these things are funny, but built in to what the average individual does. Yeah. Uh, if there was a world where we didn't have like status through what we buy, product variety would be very low. You would just get things that were low cost and functional instead of, oh, it's this brand or this kind of product or this substance or this kind of luxury. Lastly, in this chapter, advertising is often it represents a lifestyle that connected to a lifestyle it's not just here's a product this like this product connects with this kind of enjoyment or something connecting emotion to it is a key part and then there's even if you're not selling to the person watching getting the person who's watching the advertisement thinking what other people think about the product so it's called third party effect which is good because if it gets you to, even if you don't buy it, but you're thinking about what other people think about the product, you might include it in something you mention. It works another level. That's pretty cool stuff. Deep Breath by Armin. Chapter 11, Art. So art is, biggest part of it is, well, there's different kinds of art. There's painting and uh, comedy, film, uh, written words, home design, decoration, clothing, fashion. So it is mostly impractical or costly. Art is to represent, look, I have so much that I can do this thing or get this thing or show off this thing. That's the idea behind it because if it's practical, it's not art. If you have a spoon to eat something, sorry, it's not art. But if you have some designer spoon made out of, who knows, titanium, diamond, pyrite, well, now you've got, wow, something that was impractical and is art. Same with music and such. It can be a display for courtship, but often is for fitness display. You're showing people, look how much energy I have. I can do this thing. I can make this thing. It's sort of like what I mentioned. I don't know if I mentioned it on here. Metabolism. You're just sharing your metabolism. It's almost what I'm doing on this podcast, representing, dang, how does this guy roll so hard? You know? And then it creates a, a fitness representation because so I can impress, impress all the people. And then, you know, when you impress people, then they all, everything comes towards you and you get all those things that everybody wants. And that's happiness, right? Right? So that's where it is. The joy is, is in the... Well, that's what's built into our brains. That's what, where the joy is when that happens. Aside from this, what about like some of the YouTubers, the top YouTubers? They're just running around, jumping into a pool, all this stuff, showing off. Look at all these things I can do. Look at all this fitness I have. Look at how much energy and excess health I have to do these things. That's all it is. So the person watching is like, yeah, dang, that person does have a lot beyond what I'm seeing. If they just had that thing, it would start to look goofy. Yeah, so there is a key point to think about when trying to represent art. If you just give up your stuff to do art and it's not um, backed by something that can keep you going 
and in a strong position, it'll leave you worse off than you were before. Yeah. It's kind of like the differentially expensive uh, mating calls that cost you more if you have less. And then it might leave you in a bankruptcy of energy. Yeah. So it's sort of like, how much do you want to invest? Do you have much to invest? Art is quite impractical. Uh, people like stuff that's more like skilled and you have to do it at the moment. Improv comedy, things like that. Because then you're like, oh, okay, let's test their talent versus if it's just recorded and they could edit it. Uh, we look at all these things. We don't have much in society. This is all we have. So these are the things we use to, you know, discern. Discernment is the deal. We're trying to check what's quality, what's not. Uh, it might be all an illusion that there is even quality. We're just picking things out. And we go with the next thing. But in this illusion, that's how it works. And you don't want to go with something that has a poor aesthetic in art. Last one here is chapter 12, charity. So obviously charity, same concept. A lot of it is given, it looks like altruism. But people are giving for many reasons. To show that they were giving. Because someone they know told them they should give and they want to look good. They want to give to people that are close by, close proximity, because it's like I take care of my local people. Uh, relatability, people that are identified, specific actual stories about people. We give to people like, oh, John had this issue. Uh, for mating, people give to look good to a potential mate. And then it is a lot of it is for appearance. Very few donations are given anonymously. Very few. It said like 1%, and even those people, a lot of them, the people around them know that they give. It's just not going to be societally supported for you to give outwardly without getting credit for it. Because you'll just lose energy and effort. So unless you have that much, that you have that to give and don't need to get anything from it or for it, uh, that is a evolutionarily unselected trait. So anytime in my existence when I've been of a very giving nature, I feel like I was battling against the wall. And this is the same concept. It's not supported. It would have to be everybody doing it uh, or else it's just you giving outwardly like a leaking ship, you know, you might be like, oh, I'm giving water to the people, but they see you as a, a ship leaking out water. So that's the difference. It just depends if they are giving you back water and there's a big exchange. Yeah. One quote from this chapter, no one wants leaders who play zero-sum competitive games with the rest of society. If their wins are our losses, why should we support them? So charity is a big thing for appearance because if you have leaders that are not giving then maybe they're taking directly from you. And you don't want that person to be a leader. You want a person with, who talks with we. DJ Khaled says we the best. Uh, he's not specifically saying, I'm going to come over to your house and work with you. But it's the message behind it. You're more likely to support that. It's strategic. These things are, they work. 
on most people. Once again, when I say most people, I have to mention this because the vast majority of these things I'm mentioning don't have an effect on me, me specifically, so it's hard to identify with them, but I can see how the majority works with them. When I see someone say, let's say, we the best, it doesn't have that effect on me. I see right through it. And so I guess it's a good thing there's not too many of me or it would mess up uh, a lot of the campaigns we have out there. And they seem like they have good energy. I support the good energy. Let it keep rolling. But uh, yeah, not too many Armands in the public. That's those. Oh, last comment from the charity chapter. The most effective charities are not the ones that give people... Uh, usually they're not the same ones that give the people who donate to them like a really good uh, representation among the public because they're less known or something. So maybe bringing those together could help so that people's selfish motives could align with effectiveness in charity. Yeah, if you match with people's self-interests, it can be very advantageous. So that was chapters 8 through 12 of the elephant in the brain. A lot of content there. Uh, there are the next episode would be chapters 13 through 17, which will close out the book. Nice stuff, I would say. Uh, ending it in the January, which is a nice feature. And then uh, there will be an interview in the February with the two authors of the book. If that's not nifty, I don't know what it is. I'll go over it. Maybe I will go over also past interview answers with other authors. Or maybe I'll keep that for a later time. But that's some nifty stuff right there. Uh, the other chapters include a few other topics, of a few other categories of society where they look at the hidden motives. Uh, that's what these last chapters were that I just mentioned too. They just take a certain category of society and what's the hidden motives there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, feedback on this one maybe it's good to look at how these things affect what you do as a person it's worth checking yeah uh, always I continue reading which is good uh, this one is definitely I am rolling through this book in a short period of time with good notes by the way I have solid notes on this book uh, he has good subsections the two authors in these chapters so that's a nice feature. Makes the notes look nice. Uh, definitely, I am reading this much quicker than a few recent books. So that's nice. And it's very, it's, more, it's a bit more practical. Uh, connected to me. I don't know if this would be practical for most readers, but it's practical to me regarding, oh, okay, this is what people think in this situation. This is what they're thinking about me in this situation. So that's good. So I don't do things that uh, send the wrong message. I have certain messages I like to present to society. And uh, books like this one show me where I'm doing something that's being heard as something else. And so I look to work on those. Yeah, that will close out this episode. Number 92, the Armin Show podcast. We keep it moving. You have momentum. You go with it because it creates things way beyond what you can do intermittently. Look forward to the next episode in the February. And we'll close this one out. Take care. We are out.